Welcome to another episode of Frontline Magic Podcast, where we unravel the secrets of great customer experience. My name is Susanne Axelsson, and I am your host for this podcast. Today we are talking to Mitch Smith. He's the Chief Operation Officer for Edge, and Mitch has built a whole career around saving people from bugs, ants, bats, and rats. And after 35 years in the industry, Mitch's passion for providing great service is still as strong as before, and now he's even more passionate about people delivering it. So tag along to hear some real nuggets of wisdom. What would you say are Edge mission and philosophy behind the connection between them? employee and the customer and what is it that differentiates you from other pest control services that's a great question <laughs> i can simplify the answer to that our mission is to create a long lasting profitable organization meaning that we want to do it right so we're not here today gone tomorrow and we want to increase the capacity or the spheres of others meaning we the, the passion behind our growth is to be able to provide opportunity for more people and their families. And that's what, that's, that really is what caught my attention when it's all people connected, not just little, let's grow our revenues and let's make money, but let's provide a, a great place for people to come and work and have a career and grow with their families. What is it that Edge does that it's really good for the employees, but also gives the impact on the customer? We want to help people be better people. That's our culture. I mean, the, the create a long-lasting profitable organization is the, is the simple peak perspective, right? Mm -hmm. But the, the secret sauce at Edge is helping all of our team members, our frontline, become better people. And that really means we want to help you be a, a better son, a better daughter, a better husband, a better wife, brother, sister, neighbor, you name it, but help you be better at being you and growing in life. And that's always been a philosophy for me in whether it's companies or divisions that I've been running. This company has it figured out in that the power really is in the people and especially the brand is the frontline employee. We know that it's that service specialist that has that interaction with the company or with the customer. They're the brand. The customer has a good experience or bad experience. So Andrew Richardson, who is our CEO, his philosophy has always been, I want to help you be a better you, be happier at work, have life be more fulfilling. So if we can help you develop, we believe you're going to take better care of the, of the customer. And so we, our focus weekly is on this culture and improving your traits and, and, and the principles that drive people to be better. And practically, what do you do on a weekly basis to really tie back to that mission? So we have weekly culture lessons and they all fit within these principles that we adhere to. And so our CEO has been dedicated and kind enough to record these. And as a company, every week we focus on these cultural lessons. And so we all take the, watch the video, if you will. And then we meet on those topics every single week. And that's from our service specialists to our customer service agents, sales teams, all of our mid-level management, all executive leadership. And all of that funnels down 
And the focus of that really is to be better people. And there may be 52 lessons a year, but they're all tied into primarily the foundation of that is really being love-based in our mindset, in our motivation. You think about if you want to grow a long-lasting, profitable organization, and what motivates you is bringing more people into the organization to support their families and have this fulfilling career, you've got to be really outward love-based. I've got to care about you, but really my passion and fanaticism is driving a better place for you to accelerate and be able to fulfill your life dreams. Mm. And you actually have been awarded some of the top places to work at. That's correct. What do you think has been the success to that? I'll, I'll, I'll tell you single-handedly that it's because we focus our frontline team members. We, we totally get it that our team members are the brand. And so when you talk to our employees, the one thing that we don't lose points on in our exit interviews is the culture and the fact that people really do know that what their value is in our company. If you know that I love and care about you and your family, and that I'll do whatever I can do to make this a good experience for me or for you, that it, it has weight that money can't buy. How are you making sure that your frontline employees have that feeling every day that you know, the, the people I work for really loves me and appreciate the work that I do. So here's a couple of parts to that. Number one is that we have to speak the language. So we dedicate time for culture and self-improvement every week, but we have to stay focused on that. Every level of the organization has to speak the same language and has to demonstrate that in our actions. And I'll tell you from my chair, what's most important to me is that all of our team members feel safe and feel like there is complete transparency in our organization. And so I've found over the last three and a half decades that some of the biggest problems in organizations come from the fact that there isn't complete transparency and there isn't safety. I want you to feel safe Mm -hmm. telling me if we have a problem. I don't care if it's an employee problem that's caused by a process that we have, or a lack of a process, or if it's a customer problem in your ability to, to fulfill the needs of our customer base. I just learned a long time ago that I'm not the smartest guy in the room and that you have your finger on the pulse of the business. So if I don't deliberately take the time to ask you to be real with me, then I'm just going to fall out of touch with what you need and what our customers need, A, and B, You better have the courage if you ask the question. You better have the courage to hear the answer and deal with it appropriately because sometimes you're the problem. Yeah. And so don't ask the question if you can't handle the answer and then have the courage to take action on it. Can you tell me about a moment in your life where you have received great feedback or bad feedback in the company and how that made you feel and how you dealt with it too? Wow. Yes. I've been asked this question before and I got bought out when I was three years into my, my career and I got promoted really quickly and then moved across the country from Washington state to Florida, which is about as far as you can go in the U S and not hit the ocean. After a couple of years of of leading my organization on a great trajectory, I kind of leveled off. We weren't having a bad year, 
but we weren't progressing as high and as lofty as we were the first two years. And I isolated one of my leaders as the problem because his office wasn't performing up to standard. And it was really because it was such a large office, it was having an impact on my overall results. And I had done everything that I thought I should do to help this leader be successful. Remember, I'm a young guy myself, so I haven't had much experience. And I went to a very wise company president who was my boss. And I said, I think I need to pull the trigger and our relationship with this manager. And he looked me in the eye and he said, you ever think you're the problem? And for a young guy who was accelerating in his career and all the, all the numbers supported this great tra trajectory, that was insulting to me. And I said, how can I be the problem? And he said, no, Mitch, I think you're the problem. And he sent me to a personality and uh, connection seminar with all of my leaders. And man, what, a, what an impact that had on me finally coming to the, through this and through his mentorship and counsel, learning that the whole reason I was losing momentum was because I felt like every one of my leaders and every one of my frontline employees had to do things the same way Mitch Smith did it when he was a technician and a service manager and a branch manager. I just wanted you to be me. And I wasn't listening to anybody. And that was probably, Suzanne, the biggest turning point in my career was learning to be quiet and listen and to communicate with people the way they like to be communicated with and to be respectful of their ideas and actually solicit their ideas. The further I got away from the front line, the less impact I was having because I wasn't listening to my leadership all the way down to the front line. But it was a tough lesson for me. And then one that I gradually gained more and more traction on over the coming years. And I, I'm thankful that he had the courage to be honest with me. How does your connection today look like with the front line on a daily basis? How do you make sure that you stay tuned to the people working in the front line? and recognize their achievements? First of all, I love transparency and honesty and safety, all under the umbrella of it's got to be a safe environment. You've got to be able to talk. So I'm one of the things that I do to try to stay connected with the frontline. First of all, I have lived a life in the field, if you will, out of the corporate office. I don't care whether it's a public company or now in the private sector. I think that as leaders, we should be out where, where the fight is, if you will. Where is the customer service delivery taking place? So I try to stay in the field three days a week. But we also have a Teams thread where all of our service specialists and employees have input and communicate throughout the day. We like to celebrate their successes. They can talk about their challenges and get input from their peers. Peer-based leadership is like part of this whole piece that we're talking about. I, I also learned early that people don't want to listen to me yammering on all day. And it was better if I could get one of their peers to, to, to teach the lesson as opposed to me. So I'm on that thread. I see what they're talking about. And the ability to chime in and to just say job well done. Thank you. I'm sorry you had that experience. Let me see if I can help you. I think that's impactful. And it also gives me the opportunity to see some of the real wins when our team members, our frontline members are really excited about it, overcoming a, a real problem that they had with a customer's issues or the customer and how they looked at our company and how they were able to learn from that and reposition ourselves and, and deliver better service. It allows me to, to get out 
my thank you cards and just write a quick note and pop it in the overnight. Let them know that everybody in this organization is grateful for what you're doing and, and how you're striving to, to help us be a better company. So that's one way is just I'm on that frontline thread with everybody. And if there's a challenge or a question, I get it. And how do you recognize the humans? You see these employee of the month in, when you go in a restaurant or whatever. I used to think that was cheesy or maybe there's better things to do. We start with that. We get nominations and we, we publicize those every single month. And in a busy growing company, it's not always easy sitting in, in the CEO, COO chair, CEO chair to, to take the time to do that. But I give that credit to our CEO, just like those culture lessons are important to him. Recognizing employee nominations every month is a huge deal in our company. Every employee who wins that honor every month and the employees of the quarter and of the year, they get a call from every one of our executives and a congratulations. If I were to tell you that what was more meaningful than anything else to the front line, I think that those thank yous and those job ends on a handwritten note or over a text thread or picking up the phone and calling employees throughout the month, mm-hmm. I think those mean just as much as some of the other more flashy awards. I know that when I was in a truck delivering service to customers, if somebody besides my branch manager would have ever picked up the phone, they wouldn't have cell phones back then, but you know, <laughs> write me a letter and say, Mitch, job well done for taking care of that customer. I can't even tell you how over the top I would be. Now, I try to make a, a real habit, a deliberate habit out of that every month. And if you think about an experience that has been delivered to a customer, what's the difference between an experience that is average and one that is on the top? In our world, we're we're not in this this pretty clinical, clean environment because our business is done in in people's homes and businesses. And they involve rats and bats and which roaches and ants and spiders. Having done this for a long time, it's really easy to deliver the minimum expectation and go treat somebody's home or, or their business on the inside or the outside where you want. But let me tell you from my eyes, I expect really good communication with the customer after we deliver a service. So I call it the vision of value. I want you to be able to, as a customer, to close your eyes. In your case, have your husband read to you what our service specialist wrote, the description of the service, And I want you to be able to envision what that service specialist delivered in your home. I want you to see it. I want you to know what we inspected, what we found, how we dealt with that, what you should expect. You got ants. I want you to know that ants are going to become more active for the next four or five days because of how we treated them. Then they'll start going away so that you have peace of mind the next day when you got ants, more ants than you, you had yesterday when you called us. And then... I also expect that we go places where most companies don't on a regular basis. I want our service specialist in your attic. If you have a crawl space under your home, I want to be under there because people don't want to go there. Customers don't want to go there. They, how often do you get in your attic? If you have a crawl space under your house where spiders and snakes and, and possums and everything else go, most people don't go down there. So I want you to, first of all, be wowed by the fact that you can see everything we did, even if you were at work. Now I can read it and I can envision it. And I want you to know that we're going places where you absolutely don't want to go. And we oftentimes find things that aren't related to best control. We find broken pipes and 
electrical lines exposed and all kinds of things that you just normally wouldn't get from a, a pest control provider. Now with technology, we can send photos to people, right? I can get in your attic and find that bats are hanging upside down up there and I can show you a picture and all the ugly things that happen when that happens. Yeah. Statistically, studies show that builds loyalty with your customers because they see more value than what you're doing. So really easy for me to get rid of the ants in your pantry, but how do I continue to show you value now that they're gone? That's what keeps me up at night. We have a recipe for killing bugs, but the recipe doesn't work for every single home and every single business and every single situation and pest. And so sometimes you just got to give your people the freedom to get creative and take action that I challenge them. What would the customer want and appreciate and value if you did it? And sometimes that costs us a little money to fix problems that we don't pass on to the customer. So I think freedom and the empowerment to, to take care of a situation, regardless of whether it fits into our recipe or not, is super important. The only thing I ask is that when you get in that situation is that you post it so that we can all learn from it. Take pictures of it. Show us the situation. How did you solve it? If, if one of our leaders or myself can mentor you in a way to better resolve that, then we'll do that offline and we'll help you learn and grow from it. But you can't get criticized or, or made to feel like you made a bad decision publicly. It's really got to be done through that kind of that outward love-based approach that, hey, I want to help you get better. Thank you for feeling empowered to go fix that. Let me give you some suggestions on how you could do that in the future that might be more effective or more helpful. I, I think people have to be able to make their own decisions and they got to be safe. They got to feel safe doing that if, if you really want them to do that. How do you empower your frontline people to, to have that feeling and ownership? My approach for many years has been to get front and center with my people. And I get front and center with them every month. I can get all of my leadership on the call on those calls. And then I can also get employees on the call as well. Now we could do that more effectively. And I don't believe from a leadership perspective, I can't lead that way because I've got other leaders that have to establish right their own teams, but I require that they do that same thing as well. And then I think there's three rules in communicating with, with team members that make them feel safer and, and more confident in what you're doing and, and more empowered. And one is I'll always tell you, whether I'm in your office and we're face-to-face -face or whether I'm on a Zoom call, that if we're going to make a decision, which is going to impact our, our people, our team members, I'm going to tell you either I, I've made this decision based on what I know and I'm just telling you what we're going to do. Here's the direction we're going to take as a company and here's how it's going to impact you. Or number two, is I'm going to make a decision. Here's what we're trying to accomplish and the decision we need to make, but I need your input. And I, I'm going to tell you this up front, but I also want you to know this is not a, the majority vote wins and makes this decision. I'm going to make this decision, but I value your input. And then the third is that I want to talk about this and facilitate a robust discussion on this topic because it's very important. And then I'm going to let you make the decision. For me, it always starts with people knowing where I stand and having set really clear expectations that they know I'm going to be able to deliver on. If employees and our frontline team members, if they don't feel safe 
and like they can really speak up, then you're just wasting your time. So if you can't start and build that trust right up front and, and take some hard shots when you deserve them, then those never become effective. Yeah. And do you have some memories or some stories when you felt like, oh, my frontline team is really feeling like they can take ownership of this situation or were they really delivered um, on a promise to a customer? Our peak season is in the summertime. So things get really crazy between May and September for us. And so I'll focus more on change and improvement in the off season and less on the busy season because it's a busy business in the busy season. We came out of our season last year and there were there was a company metric that I really wanted to improve on that would improve our employees' lives as well as our customers' lives. It started with that call with all of our team members on, hey, here's where we are. Here's where we need to be. How do we get there? And that was a series of very open painful conversations to hear about sometimes how we can get in our own way. We, we can be our worst enemy. And then working through those, coming up with a plan that the majority of our team members were in favor of, and then giving them two things, the power, the empowerment to go execute that plan the way they felt we should be doing it if we really wanted to accomplish these goals, and then setting up a reward system for it that allowed them to be able to take part of the gain that the company gets for improving the service line. And I'll tell you, it was an overwhelming lift for us as a company from both people empowerment and, and feeling of value within the company, as well as the benefit to the customer. Yeah. And do you have an example of where a frontline staff came to you with a problem and you know, or a story that changed the business in another direction. I could just tack on to, to this challenge that we had last year that we have wonderfully benefited from as an organization. I'm thinking about one of our offices in the U.S. that was really challenged and not performing well. I remember working with the regional leader on this challenge and, and Putting trust in him, being closer to the situation and the leader and the team members. And on this metric, getting all of our customers serviced on time, on schedule, we need to be there when we say we're going to be there. And my challenge was, well, let's just be super transparent and open with our leadership there. And, and the challenge that they're up against and, and their underperformance and, and ask them to help us. Because if you have a great idea, I'm... I'll probably let you drive and take that direction as long as we're getting. And in this case, we had a leader who had some ideas about his market and maybe the challenges in that market that we didn't see is a little more rural and, and it required a different approach to, to if we were going to be able to get all of our customer service on time and on schedule. And today, that leader has gone from the bottom quartile of performance, right? The, the lowest 25% to the, to the top 15% of leadership, I see that as just a huge win from, from taking a step back, challenging a leader on the direction they're taking, and then listening and incorporating that with some of our own mentorship and ideas to help that person. To see that person go from zero to hero, if you will, it just makes my year. What I got from that person was a thank you for listening to me and trusting in my ability to do this and, and, and giving me a chance.
you can't say anything else to me that is more impactful than that. Yeah, and if you could describe the single most important attribution of a great frontline employee, what would that be? It's humility. That is my lifelong mission because if you recall that most memorable experience that I had when I had a leader who told me that I was the problem and he was right, I learned from that experience that without humility, you just never get where you really need to go. And you don't become that better brother, sister, son, daughter, neighbor, husband, wife. You don't get it without finding humility. I don't care how smart you are. So within our culture, you can't live with an edge and stay here if you can't find humility. We also need you to own your responsibilities and give you the empowerment to go figure it out and, and do it and not have fear of you know any repercussion if it doesn't work out right. But you can find the humility. It's what I, you know, what I tell my customer service department, who's taking all the, the challenges that come as a result of the service we did or didn't deliver properly, is the biggest challenge I have found in any organization in the customer service department on the front line where you're talking to those customers who are upset or challenged with what you've done is the ability to say, I'm sorry. You go into a customer service room or anyone who, who is on the front line dealing with a customer, when you learn to say, I'm sorry and swallow your pride, I envision the perfect service organization with the ability to find the humility to listen to our customers, understand why they might be upset or why they want something different than the way we're delivering it, we'd ask you to, to take a step back and be grateful for that customer and the fact that they're passionate about good pest control because that's the business we're in. So they may be upset about something that, that we're not designed to do, but I can't have you being taking an offensiveness to that. I need you to be grateful for the fact that they're giving us a chance to continue the service. And instead of getting defensive or argumentative with you, how can I help you? That's real life for us. That's what we achieve in connecting the dots in a cultural topic, right? A principle about being a better you. And when I study that, it helps me, whether I'm at home dealing with family or neighbors or partners or whatever, it also helps me take a step back. That's just one example of a principle that is super meaningful to me and how it impacts all of our team members, especially our frontline. I want to challenge my team to hold me accountable continuously for feeling safe and being transparent. And I think we should all strive to get better at that. And remember who owns the brand. It's the front line. So you better treat them well, love them and respect them enough to make them first. Because if I take care of you, I don't have to worry about me and the organization. I've been fascinated with it for 35 years. And the morning, the morning that I wake up and I'm not fascinated with it, Suzanne, I won't do it anymore. But in all the successes that I've found, I've never got tired of, of this industry. So it's, it's just been fascinating for me and ever-changing. I'm really amazed about the passion that you have for the industry and the hard work that you do as well to really empower your frontline teams. And you've been sharing some really great insights around that topic, which is really oh, cool. Thanks. Oh, that's amazing. Thanks, thanks for the kind words and, and uh, for reaching out and, and, and taking the time. 
Thank you for listening to Frontline Medic Podcast, brought to you by Ask Nicely. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, please give it a 5-star rating. And remember to visit frontlinemedic.org and sign up to our community for free. Frontline Medic community is there to help you bring out the best in your frontline staff. You can access tools, frameworks, inspirational stories that will help you create a great customer experience at the frontline. Visit frontlinemedic.org to learn more.